Arnold Schwarzenegger who said, as governor, and I won't do my Schwarzenegger impersonation because I have a we have an esteemed guest on the line. Right. We Arnold Schwarzenegger want to force him to slum it with our idiocies. Arnold Schwarzenegger said, we in California have said we've got to come to the center. We've got to bring everyone together in order to solve problems. And I think the rest of the nation eventually find out that this is exactly where the action is, the center. And so he came up with the system in California where it's just the top two people, regardless of party, in the primary, you finish in the top two, you run against each other. If it's two Democrats, two, Rebu- two Republicans, whatever, doesn't matter. And we thought that would end up with more moderation. Not exactly sure that's how it's turned out. What a lovely idea. Let's talk about how it has turned out and, and other topics of interest with Dan Balls, the chief correspondent covering national politics, the presidency, and Congress. For the Washington Post, if you are not familiar with Dan's work, he is uh, one of the nation's deans of political writing, and it's great to have him with us. Hello, Dan. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you? Oh, we're fine. We're very excited here on the West Coast, where California is holding its open-hearted, open-minded, moderate-producing <laughs> jungle primary. <laughs> the wide-open, wild west. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. So uh, what's how's the reality of the thing compared to the intent? Well, I mean, it, I mean, these things always have unintended consequences, and I think you know what you all are seeing this year is is one example of it. Um, you know, as you said, the you know Schwarzenegger thought, as did as did some other people, that a system like this would encourage candidates in the primaries to think about appealing beyond their own you know narrow political base or party base, and that that would give some greater advantage to candidates who are more moderate or could reach across uh, the political spectrum a little bit better than, than people in the wings. Um, but, it, you know, it just hasn't really turned out like that. I mean, in, in reporting I was doing last week, I, I got mixed opinion as to whether it's made any real difference in Sacramento in terms of uh, more moderate candidates. But I think the other thing that happened is that you know, Schwarzenegger was, you know, was at a moment when the country was uh, already somewhat polarized and beginning to become significantly more polarized. And so uh, in a very polarized environment, uh, it's very difficult for moderates to have their voices heard. And you have a couple of, of examples in your column where it's uh, really causing the Democrats problems and a couple and, and one big way with governor where it's causing the Republicans problems. Yeah, I mean, I think in the governor's race, I mean, there there certainly was some concern among Republicans that that they might get shut out of of the November ballot in the governor's race, and and um, you know, I was told that that Kevin McCarthy, the House Majority Leader, had weighed in with President Trump, and Trump, as a result, uh, endorsed John Cox. I think that looks like you know that will be a Cox. Uh, Gavin Newsom runoff. Newsom's obviously way ahead on that one in in the primary, um, but that you know there are a number of Orange County congressional races where Democrats have been worried uh, that uh, for a variety of reasons, whether it's because they've got so many candidates running or you know that there are some attractive Republicans that they could get shut out of one of those districts that they see as as genuinely up for grabs this fall. These three three Republican districts in particular in Orange County. Um, I, I, you know, I get a sense that they may be feeling slightly better, uh, you know, as people are voting today uh, and we'll know tonight. But, um, you know, these things are always a little bit dicey to try to predict when um, it's hard to poll in races like this. Um, You've got, as I say, a lot of candidates, voters are, you know, voters probably don't have, you know, full information or they, you know, they they haven't had the time to really dissect it. So uh, those remain, uh, I think, a source of worry among Democrats because they have to they have to take advantage of every 
competitive seat. And if they were to get shut out of one of these races and not have a candidate in the fall, that takes one off the board. Well, the problem being that there are some races, uh, I can't remember whether it's Dana Rohrbacher's seat or uh, or uh, Daryl Isis that has an astonishing number of Democrats running and none of whom is really separated from themselves, and now there's a frantic round of withdrawing and, and, and endorsing and, and trying to pick one or two people. So instead of picking the strongest Democrat to run against the Republican, you end up with no Democrat. Well, yeah, and it's conceivable, mathematically, Democrats could get 80% of the vote, 10% each of eight people, and <laughs> and end up shut out. Right, which well, is interesting. 79% anyway, that would work, that scenario. No, that, I mean, that's certainly, I mean, that's certainly the, you know, know in the in a sense of the numbers game part of the problem i think another p- part of the problem is that w- we know that democrats are a somewhat divided party i mean they're divided broadly between kind of the bernie sanders progressive wing and and you know the the rest of the party you could call it the the other part of the progressive wing because there's not much of a centrist wing left in the party at least that is able to to get organized um you know and you have different constituency groups who are important to the democratic party kind of taking up sides and so uh it it makes it much more difficult for the party leadership to try to get voters to coalesce around um you know a particular candidate and i think that you know in in we're seeing that play out more dramatically uh in california than we have in some other places and as you mentioned even though the polls say this is not likely to happen if 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 it had gone the way where you end up with newsom and Villagrosa as the as the two candidates, both Democrats, well, then there's no reason for Republicans to come to the polls. And that has a huge effect on all, all kinds of other races. I think that was the concern of, of, of sort of prominent uh, Republicans in, uh, in, in California, that if they got shut out of that, you know, at the, the, the premier race this fall, the gubernatorial race, it would dampen turnout and it would affect other Republican candidates in other races. And also uh, the ballot initiative to try to repeal the bike right. and the gasoline tax, <clears throat> which Republicans very much want to try to get passed. And if you have a, you know, if you have dampened Republican turnout, that would make that more difficult. So, um, you know, there's a lot of bank shots that are going on here. Dan Balls is the chief correspondent covering national politics, the presidency, and the Congress for uh, the Washington Post. And, you know, Dan, to wax a little philosophical here, with all due uh, respect for Arnold's idea, which sounded good, you know, we do have political parties in this country, and they get a chance to run things. And I feel like there's something useful in, uh, you know, calling them in on the carpet once every two or four years. And, and saying, you know, y'all, for all your individual uh, sins and virtues, as a party, you've done really well, and we're going to grant you power again, or you haven't done very well, and we're going to look to the other guys. Um, and and it's, it's hard to imagine that happening in California for a very long time uh, with the jungle primary going on, just because it's entirely possible, as we've said, you don't get an R up on the ballot at all. So, anyway. Somebody I talked to said that, uh, the only thing that would kind of shake people out of this system, because I think voters generally like it. The Bill Lane Center at Stanford did a poll last week, and, and it was kind of by two to one, people said they liked it as opposed to not liking it. Now, it was a plurality. It was 41% liked it and 22% didn't. But in general, I think people are satisfied, and they like the idea of, of having more choices. But what might shake it out, uh, according to one of the people I talked to, was if Democrats got shut out of a major statewide race like the gubernatorial race or the 
the a Senate race, not this year, obviously, but but in the future, that because California is is so democratic at this point, uh, that if something like that happened, then people would you know kind of stand up and say, right. well, we need to take a look at it. Short of that, I mean, I think it's very difficult for you know kind of established politicians of whatever their you know whatever their ideology to go to people and say, we think fewer choices. Uh, would be better for you than more choices. I, mean, right. I think that's, that's a hard argument to make. Well, you can have too much democracy, apparently, or at least one of your colleagues, George Will, has argued that, 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 that the prop system in California is an example of too much democracy. Oh, it clearly is. We regularly pass things, and then everybody, when they finally figure out what the details are, says, wait a second, what? Well, and then the details can change fundamentally. Witness the bullet train, please. And, and it's impossible to kill in the courts, so... Yeah, that's, you ever spend any time out here, Dan? It is a den of corruption, ignorance, and apathy <laughs> unimaginable to the founders. I thought it was the Golden State. Well, hey, it's because the weather's so nice. Nobody cares about anything else. I don't know. I don't know if you followed this part of it because you know you can't follow every race from everywhere. But um, the whole idea with because we've had Cox and Travis Allen on, and Travis Allen's been a Trump guy from the beginning. Cox was anti-Trump. But because Kevin McCarthy decided, I think Cox is our only chance to get a Republican in there, and the turnout question that you brought up, they he convinced Trump to back Cox, even though Cox was an anti-Trump guy. So I well, mean, it's, really- it's 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 not the first time that the president of the United States has has uh, kind of gone against a candidate who was more who was the more Trumpian candidate uh, in, in the race. I mean, that happened in Alabama in the in the sure. Republican right. primary. So uh, he he wasn't for Roy Moore, and Roy Moore was clearly more Trumpian, uh, and you know, and Roy Moore prevailed in that. Although he obviously lost the, well, I'll the tell general you, election. You know, having met these guys, uh, Travis Allen is much more Trump-like. If Trump if Trump was in the room with these guys, he would endorse Travis Allen, don't you think? Joe? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's I mean, a just, very sharp, yeah. very energetic and just, young guy. Just a real. I mean, he's a different thing than most politicians yeah. no doubt about it yeah it, the most if you want entertainment that's what we want entertainment yeah. the most entertaining race would be travis allen against gavin newsom but i don't know if it's gonna happen that uh, would be fun oh, well, yeah. well we'll see what happens tonight dan final thought uh, kind of a similar uh, topic term limits which was another uh, electoral reform which sounded great what's been the reality uh, from your perspective of where term limits have been tried well, I, I'm not a I'm not a big advocate of term limits um, because I think that you know sometimes when it's been tried, um, it's ended up uh, you know giving more power to unelected officials. Um, you know, I think the first round of that out in California, you know, gave more power to you know whether it's lobbyists or staff or whatever. Um, you know, I I think people are genuinely frustrated, but they people do have the ability. Um, to vote people out of office. Right. We do have, you know, for House of Representatives and, you know, assembly races and, you know, things like that. You know, every two years you get a chance to do that. And, and so the question is, you know, the Constitution makes it possible um, to move people out of office if voters are unhappy. And I, I recognize that there are advantages to incumbency and, you know, fundraising and, and you know, name recognition and, and things like that. Um, but you know, the system does have it. And so, um, now people will say, well, you know, look, we have it for races, you know, for offices like governor, uh, in many States, you know, you can only serve two terms, two consecutive terms, um, and then you're out. And, um, but, um, and, and, you know, that, that works well in most States. Uh, the state of Virginia allows only one term. You, you serve for four years as governor and then you're, you're done. Um, 
And um, I don't know if that's the best system, but but in general, I don't know that the term limits delivers uh, as much as people think it will. And and given you know given how much time it takes for you know people to get up to speed on on issues, uh, to have constant rotation, I think can be uh, disruptive without necessarily being productive. And I think I think that's kind of what voters are looking for. They want they want some disruption with the goal that that would lead to um, you know results and 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 uh, progress. Here, here. Um, yeah, well, we, haven't this- seen, we haven't always seen that. On the subject of voters getting up to speed, I mean, you know, whatever, six, Congress has a 16% approval rating and then we, we re-elect 90% of them. People are not capable of governing themselves. See, that's the problem. Oh. I think that's where the that's where this whole thing breaks down. That's just don't, my opinion. Don't, I'm not going there. <laughs> we, we gave it 240 years. Now, wise, right? and, the, wise and benevolent king is the way to go. <laughs> Dan Balls, chief correspondent, uh, political uh, reporter on everything at the Washington Post. Dan, we know how busy you are. Really enjoyed the chat. Thanks a million. Thank you, guys. Good Have to, a good day. Thank you. You too. Interesting. Too yeah. much democracy. That's what California suffers well, from. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's too easy to defraud People who are hardly paying attention and then turn out in small numbers. And the powers that be, the real powers that be, not the elected dopes, but the people who own them, they know how to get you. They know how to get something on the ballot and they know how to get you to vote for it. They're really, really good at their jobs. And it'll be interesting to see what turnout ends up being today in the, uh, the biggest state in our country. Because uh, as of late, it has not been very high. What I looked it up yesterday it was a record was set four years ago. Forget it what it was. 18%? It was 14 Shockingly and horrifying. Shockingly embarrassingly low. Tell you what, you're like three, four, five voters if you show up today. Oh, yeah. Maybe six or seven. Vote for Travis Allen. You want a great debate that's going to get national attention? Oh, yeah. Newsom versus Travis Allen. Oh, yeah. With Travis Allen constantly bringing up Newsom cheating on... Uh, his best friend and his wife. And don't hit me with the, well, Cox is the front runner. We don't want to divide the vote. Vote, vote for the person you think would be better. Always. Travis Allen. Uh, stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. If you're not registered to vote. What should I do? Register and vote. Oh. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. I thought it was Thursday, but that seems too far. I think you're right, yeah. Thursday, because it's travel day. Uh, I'm glad it's not tonight. My son... Sunday, um, then not again till Thursday? Yeah. No, it's Wednesday. Is it? I know that because I'm. we're flying, and I'm going to miss a big chunk of the game. Joe and, I yeah, are going to, Joe and I are going to New York to hobnob with important talk radio people. Well... For to, some reason. To, to teach them. To we're speaking on speak. a panel. We're going out to eat with various important people. The salad fork is the one on the inside? Yeah, whatever. The the salad hand is the one right here. If if, oh, wow, if, wow. if anybody ever feels like I used the wrong fork and I don't I've never spent a second thinking about what's the wrong fork, they'll have to just get over it because I just don't care. One of my what a rube. 
Oh my. You know, this is probably why I don't get invited to nice places, but in places that set two forks, mm-hmm. I use both forks simultaneously until <laughs> nice. someone makes a comment. Like a double fork. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Judy but, and I, we, we had sushi last night, and, and they really like us there because we eat there all the time. So they brought out that wacky Japanese ice cream with the uh, the rice on there. I can't oh. remember the name, but a lot of whipped cream and some chocolate sauce on there. Nagasaki. But exactly. But there's more more than you need the whipped cream on the ice cream, but it's really good. And uh, all you have is a toothpick, though. So we were trying to pick Why up you eat ice cream with a cream. toothpick. Well, the, no wonder you lost the, the ice war. cream is easy, because it hangs together. You, but the whipped cream, and so Judy's struggling to eat a little whipped cream on her toothpick. I broke my toothpick in half, and then used both sides to scoop whipped cream into my mouth. Similar to and it was like chopsticks, like you're the invention also of fire, really. Oh. <laughs> As a leap forward in shoveling whipped cream into your mouth as an adult. Hey, Eastern Hemisphere, get utensils. Yeah. That's what yeah. I would say. Oh, hey, speaking of our, our dealio, this occurred, I wish I thought of this earlier. One of the topics that we're going to be talking about, I think, is uh, attracting younger audiences to talk radio. Uh, millennials, etc. Well, I'm, what I'm going to say up on the podium in front of all these, uh, the most important people don't have talk radio is, you can't, it's a dying medium. What? Shut up! <laughs> Stop. Listen, boys. No, no. Young people don't listen to radio. You guys are failing because it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> no, Figure but, out something to do for a career because this one's soon to be over. That's what no, I'll say. That's How many of you ridiculous. are haberdashers on the side? <laughs> the idea of bringing younger people to talk radio, which we do better than mm-hmm. almost any show. That's why we're invited to New York City. In Merca. So, are you a younger listener to the Armstrong and Getty show? Say, what, under 40? You want to say that? As a dividing line? Oh, if you're sure. 41, go ahead By and drop talk us radio standards? There are a lot of legendary talk radio sh- shows where they're, <laughs> like, average listeners, 75. Yeah, yeah. So, if you're uh, 40, we'll say 45 or younger. And you listen to the Armstrong and Getty show. Uh, what is it that appeals appeals uh, particularly in contrast with other talk radio shows? My name is spelled S E A N, not the S H spellings. So. I listen in spite of S H A W N. We get a lot. Um, so you wacky can, sound effects. E, Michael's sound effects. Right. You, I'll thank you to pipe down, Michael. Um, <laughs> mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Email us. Mailbag. At armstrongandgetty.com. Although you have to keep in mind, and I might point this out, the Daily Show seemed to be pretty important, and their median age was 50. A lot older. I mean, people saw it as like a show for 20-something. Shocking stat when it came out, but that's true. Yeah. Uh, What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, former Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort could be in jail by the end of the week, we're finding out. The World of Beauty contest turned upside down by what's happened today. Oh, no. And we'll remember 49ers great Dwight Clark and the catch coming up. You turn them upside down, you get higher ratings. I think that'd be good for the show. Make them stand on their heads. How is the clickbait headline? Uh, Miss America. Pa- oh, I'm. The Armstrong and Getty Show. figured would happen. I should have gotten in on the golden age of riding a scooter around San Francisco when I had the chance a couple of weeks ago, but 
Uh, scooters showed up basically overnight back in March. Just everybody woke up and they were all over the place. Well, they all of a sudden have disappeared as the uh, city has cracked down and made uh, all kinds of permitting happen. So they've all been yanked off the streets until they figure out the legalities of it. And I'm sure the days of helmetless riding wherever the hell you want <laughs> and parking wherever the hell you want are over. Sad trombone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sucks. As somebody said it's a typical of uh, governments to react to. Silicon Valley comes up with an idea outside the box. People love it. Governments step in and say, here's why you can't do it. We need, we need to control this. Also, we must probably apologize. We got partial information. I'm ashamed. I'm angry. The Eagles White House thing. <sighs> Can we have some help here? People who are so-called producers. Can you produce us knowing enough to talk about stuff? Please? The hell. <laughs> the hell. I wish I could... Uh, the hell at the pole. Uh, I wish we could rewind the clock. First of all, the Philadelphia Eagles were known to demonstrate during the playing of the national anthem. They didn't kneel. They have raised fists and stuff like that. Uh, Sean, they they were a known single player for raised his fist one time. Wrong. I'm looking at a picture of quite a few of them in the New York Times doing it right here. Nearly all of the players and coaches said they would boycott the visit over President Trump and his standing demand. It seemed there would be fewer than 10 people show up. Which I said on the air earlier today. No, you didn't. Nobody heard that. Nobody heard that. (laughs) And so, so it would appear that indeed it would be kind of humiliating for the White House, for the Trump Meister. If 10... uh... If the guy who runs out Eight and gets the T and the yeah. long snapper both show up to yeah. the White House. And- yeah, the backup kicker <laughs> and a guard. Oh, my God. So We've he, been ill-served okay. by our staff. Blame okay, them. So, <laughs> even though Sean said it earlier. <laughs> it's so, the first time. Yeah. So, uh, so Trump really w- it was kind of in a no-win situation. He didn't have yeah. to turn it into a up-with-the-anthem pageant. No, that's an odd move, but uh, yeah, okay. I wish we'd all get past this not showing up to the White House saying, respect the office. Show show up because it's the president. Respect the country. Yeah. Just show exactly. you don't the idea that, oh, wait a minute, you don't agree with everything every president does? Wow. Neither does anybody else. Show up. I think it's weak. Let's get I'm looking news. at you, Steve Kerr. I'm looking at you, Steph Curry. Huh? Let's get the news now. Keep knocking out those threes, though. That's great stuff. <laughs> Up with the anthem pageant, is that what you're calling it? Yeah, President Trump is going uh, to go ahead with a special ceremony. They're going to have the uh, Marine Corps Band and the 1,000 fans who were going to be uh, attending the meeting with the uh, Eagles. They're still going to have a celebration today at noon West Coast time. All right. Up with the anthem. Meanwhile, a federal judge in Washington has given the one-time Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort until this Friday to respond to the allegations he made several attempts to tamper with witnesses in his ongoing uh, prosecution. A U.S. District Judge setting a hearing for June 15th where she will consider whether to revoke Manafort's house arrest and jail him while awaiting trial. Nay, if you're not tampering, you're not trying. That's what I say. In other news today, the Miss America pageant says it is dropping the swimsuit competition in favor of an interactive session between judges and contestants. The group announcing it's eliminating the swimsuit competition, making changes to its evening wear selection, no longer requiring contestants to wear gowns. That whole thing was so... Man, that was outdated when I was a kid. 
the whole evening gown competition. Yes. What about Mr. America? Huh? Where's that con- contest? The organizer. Wow, I can't believe they're just trying to keep this alive at all. The organizer's leader, former Fox anchor in Miss America, Gretchen Carlson, saying... We're no longer judging women when they come out in their chosen attire, their evening wear. Whatever they choose to do, it's going to be what comes out of their mouth Mm. that we're interested in. The organization said the contestants will be highlighting their achievements and goals in life and how they'll use their talents, their passion and ambition. To well, perform the job of Miss America. Which is what? What is the job of Miss America? She has succeeded in transforming Miss America from an anachronism nobody cares about to an anachronism nobody cares about and are confused by. So I have it, no idea it, what is the job and there, what is the pageant. There never was scoring on how hot you are, but it was just assumed that that played a role, right? Well, you'd get a score for the swimsuit competition. What do you think that score was? (laughs) I guess that's a good point. Just can you walk properly or something? I don't know. Sure, it was a walking contest. Yeah, (laughs) so it was just a who's the hottest contest. Sure, and you know they'd they'd throw in a quick question to make sure you're semi-coherent. I believe originally from an article that I read, it was put on by like a, a soap company, so it was supposed to be some sort of soft skin. Taught, like good skin yeah, I, sort of thing, and it, I, I don't know how it uh, we transitioned watched, over the years. We but. watched it as a family when I was a little kid, and like we would write down the name of who we thought was going to win. I mean, it was it was something to watch, but we didn't think of it as I don't know degrading or awful or sexy. It was just I don't know no, what I it thought was. it was sexy. I don't know what oh, it was. Yeah. It seemed wholesome in some sort of weird way. Now it seems awful. Well, looking back on it, Miss America, of course, it's wholesome. All right, switching gears, former San Francisco 49ers wide receiver Dwight Clark died on Monday of ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Clark, best known for the catch when he made a leaping touchdown grab that won the NFC Championship game for the Niners over the Cowboys in 1982. The call by Vin Scully. Montana, looking, looking, throwing in the end zone. It's a madhouse at Candlestick with 51 seconds left. Dwight Clark is 6'4". He stands about 10 feet tall in this crowd's estimation. Clark going on to win two Super Bowl titles with the Niners over his nine-year career. He was 61. Thoroughly likable chap, too. It's a, a real shame. Back to Miss America briefly. Quoting from the New York Times, Over the decades, the Miss America organization struggled to reconcile its stated mission, empowering women and handing out millions of dollars in scholarships, while requiring contestants to wear revealing attire and high heels for a leering television audience. Yeah. In what way is that uh, uh, difficult to reconcile? I'm guessing the percentage of women that ever wear high heels with a swimsuit is... Single, too low. Is single digits. Way too low. I'll bet it's single digits. <laughs> Honey, I'm talking to you. I'll bet not 10% of women ever once in their life wear high heels with a swimsuit. <laughs> On the other hand, Miss American swimsuits have been synonymous since 1921 when the first competition was held in Atlantic City in an effort to extend the summer vacation season with a beauty contest. If you showed up to a pool with high heels on, wouldn't everybody Ooh. think... <laughs> Who's the tramp? 
They wouldn't think, well, that's an empowering look. It pairs nicely with my short suit. We are quite the power couple. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Positive Sean, his short suit and wingtips, squiring some gal in a bikini and high heels around. For a night on the town. Hey, I like the look. I wish my wife would wear it around the house. But I'm just saying it doesn't happen that often, and it does in Miss America. All righty, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of a nation. Interesting. You throw in a ponytail, I'll sign everything over to you. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Um, Trying to decide what direction we want to go. I had more to say about Bobby Kennedy on this, the 50th anniversary of him being slain on primary day in California 50 years ago. Well, I know his uh, relationship with the civil rights movement alone is worth discussing. Really interesting. Yeah, maybe we'll get into that a little. Coming back on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Kennedy has been shot. Is that possible? Is that possible? It's possible, ladies and gentlemen. It is possible. He has not only Senator Kennedy. Oh, my God. Senator Kennedy has been shot. And another man, a Kennedy campaign manager. So that's 50 years ago uh, today. Also, California primary going on. And Bobby Kennedy, Robert Kennedy... Um, John F. Kennedy's younger brother won the California primary in an attempt to become the Democratic nominee and become president, even though he had a Democrat as a president at the time. Yeah, LBJ decided he wasn't going to run, threw everything into chaos. Who knows how that would have turned out if he hadn't been assassinated. I mean, winning California is a big deal. But the party was going to back the vice president, Hubert Humphrey, so it wouldn't have been easy to overcome that, as Mm -hmm. we saw with, I mean, Bobby Kennedy would have been, you know, like, the Bernie Sanders, all the momentum and the young people and the excitement, but that's not who the party wanted. So that's not always easy. So who knows how that would have turned out, but it's just, it's impossible for me to imagine what the world, what America must've seemed like if you were a grown up at that time Yeah, with the leading candidate for the Democrats getting shot and killed a couple of months. Remember we were honoring the 50 year anniversary of Martin Luther King just a couple of months ago of him dying I mean, it must have just seemed so crazy at the time. Well, Marshall, you could tell us. But... Oh, God. Uh, we talked about this earlier. Yeah, 1968 was awful. Well, well and the response awful. to the assassinations was not, oh, this is awful. Let's uh, pray for the victims. Right. It was rioting right. in most major cities. Uh, incredible chaos. And that's before you even start talking about Vietnam. And you, and just the younger crowd, and, you know, God, be anybody younger than 60, certainly, who never lived through that really as an adult. Um, you know, thinking today is so awful, so crazy, so just out of control. So you had those assassinations, you had the political turmoil, you had a right. sitting president who's not going to run for nearing yeah, renomination. Yeah, the Democratic convention with rioting in the, oh, in yeah. the streets. Yeah. And I just I mean, looked up the numbers. That was the worst year of the Vietnam War, which had, yes. and we had a draft, which had something yes. to do with, you know, all the political turmoil. And that year, 300 Americans were dying a week in that yes. war. Wow. We can't handle, we have four people dying. It is a tragedy, obviously, but if four people die... Closed down, investigation, what the hell's going on? We got to get out of there. 300 a week right. that year. Right. It's just amazing. And you graduated high school, and you might have been going yourself, whether you liked it or not. 
It's just, it's just hard for me to imagine what that year must have been like. And there were a lot of people who would uh, go to college, they'd uh, get their deferment, and then they'd slip through the cracks, their grades would drop a little bit, and little by little, you look around, your friends are gone. I mean, okay, oh, he got drafted? He got drafted? Boom. boom yeah, and boom. so I watched the speech that um, Robert Kennedy gave after he won the, the primary in right. California, and he gave a speech, and then he, he was... It's it's really weird to watch him give that speech with his wife standing next to him, knowing what's about to happen in a couple of minutes. Because as soon as he's done with the speech, he turns around and starts to walk through the kitchen and yep. gets shot dead. Um, so it's just it, it's weird knowing what's about to happen. But he mentioned the Vietnam War prominently, and people cheered like crazy. So that played a major role in right. it, obviously. What a weird, weird uh, period of time to live through. And you know, and and we got through that, and then there were much, much calmer times. So. Whatever you think of the whole Trump period, obviously we could end up in calmer times again. It's difficult to imagine less calm times, at least of this sort, than we have. But in terms of actual national pain and anguish and, 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 and you know, sins, yeah, 68 makes 2018 look like nothing. We're not even close. Oh, no, no, no. People pretend we are because it gets you to the polls or gets you to watch TV, but... We're all right. We'll be fine. And, you know, to repeat a theme we were talking about earlier today, some folks were completely freaked out, thought Obama was going to invade Texas and uh, throw off the Constitution right. run for a third term. We said, no, no, he's not. It'll be fine. Uh, the Trump thing will pass, too. We'll be fine. But I, I got to believe. I Unless was, there's a nuclear war with North Korea, asterisk. I got to believe you had to think at the time, though, when people are, you know, and his and his brother had died, fi- had been killed, right. murdered five years earlier. Right. You'd have had to think, well, that's just the way it's going to be from here on out. Our yeah. political candidates and leaders are going to get gunned down regularly. Well, no. A little El Salvadorish for no, my taste. that's not what happened. That was a blip for whatever reason, and it went away. Well, much better security. That's yeah, part that's of it. part of it. That is part of it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that wasn't, you know, the way it was going to be from there on out. You know, you were saying, though, after 1968, things really calmed down. Then you had Kent State, though. You had all the turmoil in the cities that went on and on oh, yeah. and on. I didn't mean immediately. Yeah, yeah. we're talking yeah. seven, eight years later. Right. Yeah. 1975 was fairly placid. Yeah. Bell-bottom jeans. <laughs> Ultra tops. Disco coming into play. <laughs> exactly. Alexa, play something stupid and idiotic to waste my time. Okay, here's final thoughts with Armstrong and Giddy. There, there, here's, and here's your host, <laughs> Joe Getty. I love that so much. Hey, uh, Positive Sean, what's your final thought? Yeah, I'm not here to recommend that you... Or, hmm, take two. I'm not here to tell you how to vote. I only recommend that you do vote. I don't know how to end that sentence. Do I end it with do or vote? <laughs> I thought vote? it was fine. Yeah, it's a fine sentence. Marshall Phillips, your final thought. <laughs> Again, I'm wrapping myself in red, white, and blue bunning and heading off my polling place right after the show. Yes, and your Uncle Sam out. And I want to bring cookies because they outlawed cookies a couple of years ago for some effing reason. Right? I got two boxes of them. I'm going to hand them out. All right. Uh, Michelangelo, what's your final thought, sir? Uh, yeah, no more swimsuits and high heels in the Miss America pageant is proof that not all change is progress. <laughs> <laughs> How about a woman's right to throw on high heels in a swimsuit, right? Like uh, if it's a, if it's a, a choice, what happens to the first woman who chooses to walk out in bikini and a high heel? She wins. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jack, your final thought. June fifth is also the day that Ferris Bueller took off school. Yes, he did. And I, uh, where'd it go? Oh, had never it. mind then. Just had it. That's okay. So I was going to honor Ferris Bueller, but I won't. Never mind. It was about isms, and don't believe in isms. Uh, my final thought is Hawaii is growing. One of the few states in America that's actually getting larger as we speak. 
the the act the land mass, not the population. Yeah, the, the actual state is getting larger. Thank you for uh, pointing that out. I say build a golf course on it because there aren't nearly enough there on Hawaii, and perhaps some condos. Yeah, they're not exactly sure who the land belongs to. The vo- volcano is causing more land to exist. Yeah, can I just show up on it? My put a, land. Put a lawn chair there and say, yeah, <laughs> exactly. "This is mine now." Oh, I've been here forever. I've been here since this landmass was created. I'm the native people. That's what I would do. <laughs> then you cry a little bit about the traditions of your native people on exactly. this land. Exactly. I'd wear some sort of ceremonial headdress and say, oh, this is what my people have always worn. <laughs> here on the spit of land in ocean. Armstrong uh, and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So many people to pelt with pineapples. Uh, go to armstrongandgetty.com. All the links to the articles we talked about and the books and the peoples and the rest of it. Hey, are you a younger person? You listen to the show? Why do you? Go to mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Drop us a note. I say vote Travis Allen. See you tomorrow. Yes. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get yeah, we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Breakthrough new technology we call tongue detection. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.